0: Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers and change agents who give us their messages of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to author, influencer and now teacher, Melissa Hughes. Do you fear going backwards in your life, have nightmares about it, wonder how people survive? Listen, as Melissa tells us her incredible story, not only of resilience, but of being open to miracles and so much more. When I heard her story at a podcaster's conference, I had to have her on here because I felt so connected. Here exemplifying that not only can we get through life's hurdles, we can also thrive and learn a few new tricks while we're at it. With over 9 million viewers on TikTok, welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Melissa.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome.
0: Yeah, I've been very excited about this. And I love meeting you. And it was when you told the story about during the lockdown, COVID, Mm -hmm. having to drop your kids off at childcare, your two little kids, and then go watch somebody else's kids that I just, that's what touched me the most. (laughs) And everything, I mean, I know you're a TikTok sensation and all of that, but having to do that, I interview people that have been through terrible tragedies and everything else, but I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I can't even imagine. So Mm -hmm. I really like, yeah, we'll talk to TikTok and like, you now. you have books, you have this and that, but what happened there? And I know that's the only part of the story. Welcome. And we are resilient.
1: Yeah, no, it was for many people. COVID was a time where the rug kind of got pulled out from under you. And I had lost my job during COVID and really just wanted to be a stay at home mom because my kids were at that time Three and two. And I know some moms struggle with that age, but like That's I so cute.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're just so cute. and I just you don't get that time back. But my husband and I had recently moved back from doing missionary work over in the U.K. so we needed a house, and I needed to have income and we needed to have our family's health care benefits. So even though I lost my job, I needed work, and the only thing that was available was childcare. And even though it wasn't a lot of money, at least we had those benefits and it was like something coming in, which looked good for the banks and everything like that for us to get a house. But it was awful because I'd have to drop my kids off at one end of the building and then go and spend my day looking after other people's kids, which for any mom... Like, yeah.
0: yeah, and then so where did you live when you came back from your missionary work?
1: We were living with my in laws, okay, and we lived over in the UK for about four years. And it was we literally lived in a valley on a cemetery, and before we were there, we lived in a funeral home. What and there's a whole story behind that. Wait, yeah.
0: in a funeral home? That's yeah. creepy, that's really creepy.
1: I know. <laughs> Did you, it's a bit different, but there was a flat above a funeral home, and we got connected with the owner, the guy that ran it, and he was the only person that would rent to us because we were new to the country, and a month after moving there, my husband got into a horrible car accident, and we had planned to move to England and go to Bristol, and because of the accident, he was bedridden for a year and he couldn't work. So we had to take this kind of detour in our plans and ended up living, yeah, above a funeral home because he was kind enough to let us live there.
0: Oh my gosh, I can't even like, I mean, that's is he okay now your husband or?
1: Yes, he is okay now. But we moved over there to start a church and really wanted to go and help people. And my husband and I are very like, can do, you know, want to serve, want to help, want to be there. Yes, people. And when he got into that car accident, we had no place to live. We had no, obviously he couldn't work now. I was on a visitor visa and we didn't have any furniture or anything. And he was, he should have died. He was bedridden. So it just launched us into this four years of really difficult circumstances and hard things. I had both of my children at that time as well. And my daughter was great. But then when I had my son, he was just so challenging and I had postpartum depression. And it was oh just it
0: was no. a <sighs> that's not easy. So you come back and you end up watching kids. And so let's talk yeah. about you have a lot of family, do you have friends? Like were you in touch with a lot of people? Like how did you have community during that time, especially when you're in the UK? What did you depend on?
1: Yeah, we didn't have family close by or anything. We had a small community of people that kind of became our family, to be honest, while we were over there. But that was like a huge reason why, you know, it was so difficult was because I was, gosh, we moved over there. My husband was 25. No, I was 25. He was 22. We were just, yeah, really young, didn't know a thing about a thing. And it was just difficult. But when we moved home, You know, we moved in with my in-laws and I feel like that really started to establish just a little bit more security. But I think to be totally honest with you, Lauren, I think the thing that was most difficult was like my faith is really important to me. And when we went over there, it was really like, oh, wow, you know, we came over here to do something that was like to inspire faith. And actually I'm going through this period of time where I'm really questioning my faith. Like why would a good God who I believed was good, let all this bad stuff happen to us? And so it wasn't like the externals. Yeah. But it was also just like this deep internal struggle of like, I actually don't know what I believe anymore. And when you're not good on the inside and you feel like your faith is shattered, your values and you're questioning everything that makes the externals really difficult to deal with. And so I think that was like the culmination of everything that was happening at that time. So it was like five years of just hard times.
0: Absolutely. That's how 52 Weeks of Hope came about. It's my, Mm -hmm. like, why are we here? I don't understand. My faith was completely like shot at this point Mm because I went through my own, that's what the intro, Dark Night of the Soul. And I was like, okay, I don't get it. But David Romanelli, whose episode has just come out, he interviewed even older elders. And it was about, there's nobody who escapes life unscathed and his messages. I wanted to compare messages and yeah. his were its attitude. I mean, not necessarily while we're in it. Cause I mean, nobody's going to have, yay, I'm going through stuff that sucks. I'm going to skip through it happy. Cause that's denial. It's going to come out in your health. Probably if you're going to do that, like it's going to come out somehow, if you don't feel it, yeah. feel how much it sucks, but it was having that joy of life despite everything we've been through. And yeah. you so clearly are so lit up by your life now. Not, <laughs> yeah, I didn't <laughs> know you then, but. And it was resilience and it's having resilience and that joy and a sense of humor.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was what really, really Laugh yeah. at those days.
0: Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's talk about what happened.
1: Yeah, so kind of went through the valley, literally. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when I was working in childcare, you know, I felt like my faith was really like being restored in the sense of knowing like we go through hard things. I could see how like it had really kind of showed me that just because you go through a valley season doesn't mean that, you know, you're a bad person or, you know, you failed or anything like that. It just means that like you're living a very profound life you know, and being able to go through something hard and come out through it is a profound life. And I really wanted a pain-free life, but the pain is what makes it profound. And so that was like kind of where I was at, but I was still very dissatisfied with my job. And I remember praying one day and I was just like, God, I just like, I know you've got my life, but I just do not have the next step. And I do not know where this is going. And literally out of the blue, I just felt him start talking to me about social media (laughs) and posting videos on social media. And it was out of the blue. And so have you ever had like a sign where like you feel like, Yeah. yeah, it's just everywhere. So that was like how I felt God was like speaking to me. So I ended up talking to my husband. I was like, hey, yeah, I did. This is so weird. But I feel like I'm just supposed to go on social media and start posting videos. And he was like, about what? I was like, I don't know. But I feel like I should. And so he took my hand and we prayed, God, if this is something Melissa should give her time to, would you just make it clear? And then five days later, I randomly uploaded this video of my kids sledding on this app I'd kind of heard of called TikTok. They know it was a video app and posted it. And the next morning, that video generated 22 million views. And I landed a spot on the Kelly Clarkson show.
0: And that is how Melissa started. Out of her darkness, yeah, <laughs> her true darkness, you were already on your way out, but yeah, and I love the follow through because mm-hmm. so many people they have these ideas and this inspiration, and they're like, "Oh, that's stupid, and then they keep going with their yeah. life, and they stay in this like bland vanilla kind of place, yeah, and you don't have to. Right. And you got the message, and these are meaningful and all people call them all different things, but if we stay open, yeah, like they do mean things.:
1: Yeah, totally. And I think that's like the thing that carried me is the hope. you know, like, even when you go through hard times, like for me, and even when I was in the middle of questioning my faith and everything like that, there was still that hope that I know that somehow, all of this is not going to be wasted, but it's going to be used for something. And always. Always. And yeah. just a story to share to encourage people that if you're like really, truly dark place, that hope is not lost.
0: Always. Know? And you don't have to have 100% hope. It's just a shred of light lights all we need to get through just another day. And it's by taking action, even as smallest baby steps that it passes. It just does. I've interviewed enough of the elders to know, like, that's life. It just is. And I love that you took the action like, okay, I'm getting messages about this is random, yeah. on social media. And here we go. I love listening to the signs and the messages. So now do you make mistakes and go, this is God telling me to do this now or no?
1: Yeah. When I was younger, so like I didn't grow up with like a faith background, really. We didn't like go to church or anything like that. I really found my faith when I was 19. And that was also, I felt like uh, a sign. I almost feel like, you know, when God's speaking, when it's encouraging, comforting, and inspiring and strengthening. And so like, if ever I feel that, like whether it's to like, you know, share a message or stop and talk to somebody or post videos on social media. Like I've learned now after like 10 years, it's been about 10 years since this faith journey. That's how I like have learned to like recognize his voice, which a lot of people maybe listening might be like, what? She talks to God, which I would have thought the exact same thing, you know, 15 years ago. But yeah, it's cool.
0: What happened at 19 that woke you up?
1: Oh my word. The best wake up call of my life, Lauren. Yeah. When I was 19, I remember it was like the culmination of like my 19 year old dreams. I had gotten into like the school I wanted to, which was a miracle. Like I had a great boyfriend. I had so many great girlfriends. I was just like going out with them all the time, like loved, literally loved my life, <laughs> just had the most fun. And the problem was though, was when I would like go to lay my head on my pillow at night, I would have this reoccurring thought. This is really bleak. Okay. But you asked, but I would just think, man, is life just about like going to school to like get a job to one day have a family. And then like, I just work to provide for my family. And then one day I just like retire and sip up like live my best year sipping a margarita on the beach. Like, it just felt very meaningless. Like, what is the point? And like, so I had this like feeling underneath, like all this like good stuff. And I couldn't make that connection. And then a friend of mine one day was like, hey, Melissa, like, do you want to come to this church service with me? And I was like, Yeah, sure. And I walked in and I literally encountered love. Like that is the best way I can describe it. I sobbed through that whole thing. And I had a tangible spiritual experience where I felt this overwhelming sense of love from God. And it changed me. And I decided I I actually, it was so transformative. I called my mom right after that. And I was like, Hey mom, I'm dropping out of college. They have this like, discipleship leadership program at this church. She's like, what's the church? I was like, I don't know, but I'm doing it. I literally, when you encounter something like that, you're like, I want that. (laughs) And so she wasn't happy, but I made this decision to take this trajectory of my life to just like pursue this spiritual experience and it changed me. I got healed of, you know, this underlying depression and anxiety and I met my husband. Like it was the best decision. And from that point, it has literally directed my life and feel like I have a life that's meaningful and worth like a story to share, you know?
0: Yeah. And you're of service to others, which is... So amazing. And that's part of one of the messages that I get that from mm-hmm. elders. It's, you know, giving back and helping others and yeah. and all of that. So yeah, and holding space for others. Being yeah. there, that is where that's what fills us up.
1: Yeah, totally. Um,
0: I love that. So what do you tell people who are like, oh, that's great for you, but I don't think I should go after my dream and or and it's just mm-hmm. fear. It's all fear based. They don't have your faith. They're yeah. scared.
1: That's such a great question. You know, I usually would just like ask that question where it's like, you know, life is hard, right? It's hard, but you can choose your hard. Like, it's hard if you don't go after your dream, right? Because you live with this sense of like emptiness, this apathy. Like, who wants that? That's kind of hard. Or you can go after your dream, which is hard. Like, let's just be real, it's not easy but it brings a sense of purpose and a sense of joy and fulfillment. And so I think like posing that question where it's like, it's going to be hard, but what hard do you want? And really helping people to decide what do you want? Because I think we think that we know what we want, or maybe, you know, but we don't, we really don't. And so like, You know, we got one life. How are you going to live it? And really helping people come to that point of decision.
0: So true. We think we know what we want. Like, I want fame. I want money. I want what's the underlying thing that you're trying to fill there then? You want somebody else to tell you you're great. You are great. Like you're great. Yeah. Like, okay, we're telling you, you're great. So now <laughs> yeah. go after your dream for whatever it is to hopefully help other people because that's really what's going to make you feel good is helping mm-hmm. others. But most people don't believe me. It's you know, with my law practice when people I'm trying to resolve a case because I can see like this is taking you down. Like mm-hmm. it's not worth it. No amount of money. There's no retribution or anything. Move on. Life is short. No. I, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have taken this one. I don't know. I'm like, Oh, you know, like <laughs> you don't get it. You know, sometimes yeah. it's like, ugh. anyway, but that's a total aside. What's the most common question that you get asked? Oh my yeah.
1: word. The most common question that someone asks me.
0: Yeah. I'm sure it's TikTok related. <laughs>
1: It depends on the circle that I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. If it's TikTok related, that's another conversation because that's like the space I'm in now. But if it's just me, I think like, how do I stay so positive? (laughs) I think like that's something, you know, and I might, to be completely honest, like my husband sees the underbelly of that like he gets yeah. all the emotion but um, same <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean if you ask any of my friends my tagline is everything always works out it just does it might not be on your timeline or the way you say it but mm-hmm. it always works out like that's me when I was in college it was pause energy like i yeah. you know but my husband does see the other stuff.
1: yeah he sees like when I'm worried or I'm doubting or I don't know but ultimately you know I feel like it's okay to be emotional and to feel the feels but then come truly coming back to like, but what do I believe? And like, you know, but what am I gonna believe about the situation? What am I gonna have faith for? What am I gonna choose to believe? So I think like probably how do you stay positive? How do you keep going? How do you persevere? You know? But if it's TikTok, you know, it's how do you go viral?
0: <laughs> yeah. How about people that are afraid to get on the camera or record? Uh, probably people of my generation. Yeah. <laughs> like, I well, can't do that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think something that I'm like realizing that I'm quite passionate about is the fact that everyone has something to share. You know, everyone has a story. So often, I mean, and I know that this is probably something that people hear all the time, but so often we really do think that other people have like a story to share, but we don't. And especially for women, we absolutely minimize our voice and our impact and our words. Like we just think, oh, I'm not that great. Or I don't have, and I'll be sitting there talking to people. I'm like, this is gold. This is so good. So I do love like helping people to get on camera and to really own that space and like become an authority on the platform to be like, no, I do have something to say. And my words do matter. And I am making an impact. Like, I think that is the thing that I love with TikTok.
0: Yeah. I love that you talked about how you get to just be your authentic self on TikTok. It's not like trying to be somebody else, which is what I was told by my daughter and her friends. No, no, it's real. I was like, what? Anyway, you're like, (laughs) okay, but that's what you said. Mm -hmm. So what's the hardest challenge that you've overcome and how'd you do it? And it's probably something you've already...
1: Yeah. The hardest challenge that I've had to overcome, it was that moment where I was in the valley on a cemetery and I had actually had a friend call me and she was like, Hey, Melissa, how are you? And I was like, I'm good. I'm good. And she was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, you know, like God's good. I've got faith. Like everything's going to work out. And she just like listened to me on the phone. And then she just said, you know, Melissa, it's okay to say that things are just really hard right now. And I literally could not get Those words out of my mouth because it would have meant if I was like going to be completely honest with myself, it would have meant that I would have had to face a question that I was totally unprepared to answer, which was like, if God is good, then why would all of this be so bad right now? And it was like this crux of my faith because If you don't believe God's good, you're not going to trust him. And so I was like, I actually don't believe he's good. And like, I always like that was like the foundation of what I believed about my faith and my life and my story. So to feel like that, like basic foundation of what you've based your life of, feel like it's shattered. I don't know what other type of like foundational struggle, (laughs) you know, I really felt totally lost in myself and like coming to that honest place and honestly, starting to have a real conversation with God and not just be like, woohoo, like, yeah, "Yeah, it's all going to be okay. And life is good. And really like let him into like the icky, ugly, dark parts of who I am and let him love those spots and like fully embrace the good bits and the bad bits of who I am as a person.
0: Yeah. Did you tell her?
1: Did you tell your friend? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I I mean, on the phone that day, I I can't compute. (laughs) (laughs) And then like with, you know, TikTok being like, I think people love the idea of going viral and being an influencer, but I feel like I've learned that I actually really care what people think because the people and then mean comments that can come after you and it's awful.
0: Mean (laughs) comments just from like
1: your... Yeah,
0: kind of nothing. You read all that?
1: Oh, my days. They'll be I have put videos out there that are like, hopefully encouraging. And you could say like, I did a video how to make a friend. And like I had people being like, well, well, you didn't include this group of people or you didn't say it like this or and it's just like, you know, people have come after my family, the way that we've parented the way that we've done things because you literally open yourself up to the world. And so Having like thick skin and being confident and like, no, this is who I am is seriously such a journey and something yeah. I've journeyed the last like 18 months, but really difficult.
0: So, what I was looking up everywhere, it's like, on Kelly Clarkson, on Kelly Clarkson, is that like, something to hold. Is that a claim to fame? Is that, do you like that? Do you want more of that? Do you want to be on more shows? Do you want to start your own? Did you enjoy that?
1: Yeah, I did love being on the show. I thought that was such a cool opportunity. I remember when she won when I was in like sixth grade. (laughs) And so I was like, this is like full circle right here. But yeah, no, I'm just open to like, however, this Leads. I love public speaking. Like, I know you heard me at PodFest, like Mm -hmm. being able to connect with people that way and like spread a wide net. I love that. I just feel like you never know who's on the other side. Like, with this podcast, I don't know who's going to be listening. But the thought to me is, but someone could be encouraged. Somebody could have their chin lifted today. And to feel like I made a part in that. However, that looks just means so much to me. And I
0: love that. So do you have a message of help you want to give?
1: Oh, my word. I do. (laughs) I absolutely do. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you're asking me. And so I know that for some people listening, like they've had certain experiences with God. But for me, it is a message of faith, you know, and like, of what Jesus did for humanity. Like he loved people so much. The good, the bad, the ugly, like everyone. And just like that love it has for people and that even in your darkest moment, like he understands because he experienced that too. But hope is never lost. It's never lost there's always hope. Hope is never lost. It's always available to every single person at any point in time.
0: Do you have practices that you do on a regular basis? Do you journal? Do you?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I love I've actually journaled since I was 16. I have like 20 journals. (laughs) I love journaling. I feel like it's a way for me to get whatever's in my head to my heart. I love journaling, prayer, worship, just like singing songs, and obviously like exercising you know, getting in the body. Yeah.
0: And is there any question that I should have asked you that I didn't ask? And you're like, I can't believe Lauren didn't ask me that.
1: Not that I can think of. But yeah, I think the only thing that I just want people to know is like, and I shared this quote in our talk, but just that mountaintop experiences are for sights and inspiration, but the fruit grows in the valleys. And that if you're in a valley season where it feels like, you know, your life is just crumbling or you can't see how anything good could come from this, there is fruit that is being produced on the inside of you that will show in time. But we got to just like stay where we are and embrace those valley seasons of life because they make us who we are meant to be. And their gift, as hard as that, as like almost offensive as that is to say, (sighs) not that I would ever want anyone to go through pain, but it is a part of life. And there's so much to be learned from those times. And so to embrace wherever you're at today.
0: I love that. That's so great. Thank you for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Yeah. And all of Melissa's links and everything else, of course, will be on the website and with the show notes and everything else. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Melissa's messages of openness, confidence, and trust. Such great messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to tune in next week for another empowering episode all about overcoming challenges, confidence, and how to take that next step, staying aligned with your true self. That's next week. Be sure to get on the email list so you don't miss anything. We have a couple of member-only specials beginning, so you definitely wanna be in the know. Just go to the website at 52weeksofhope.com so that you can get on the email list. We also have a new quiz over there. When do you self-sabotage on the website? That's at 52weeksofhope.com. It's a fun quiz. When do you self-sabotage? Get some insight into yourself. If you're enjoying the podcast, share the love and tell two of your friends. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.